image and a style that you're used to. I look funny, but yo, I'm making money, see? So yo, world, I hope you're ready for me. Now gather round. I'm the new fool in town, and my sound's laid down by the underground. I'm drinking all the Hennessy you got on your shelf, so just let me introduce myself. My name is Humpty, pronounced with the Humpty, yo. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief. Uh, we are in going into week five, and my descent is starting to be pretty consistent now. Yeah, it is. It, and I am the Champ, and I'm going to try and follow Whitey Herzog's advice, and that was, if you're going to be bad, do it fast. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the only problem is we got five more months of this. <laughs> well, well, hopefully, you said you had the slow descent. So I, I don't know um, how long that's going to be for, but I'm hoping I'm getting past my bad stage, although I don't know if that's going to be the case. Yeah. Hey, what's up with the Humpty Dance? Yeah, do you remember the Digital under, Underground? Uh, I, I kind of do, yeah. Didn't the guy have like a weird nose in the video? Yeah, he had like a little stick. Uh, his name is Greg Jacobs, Shock G. Uh, he passed away this week. Um, mm. And when I saw that, it, you know, when I first got out of college, I, uh, I was a social worker. I worked with kids who were, didn't follow the law all the time. Well, anyway, uh, they, that was big. That song was big in that, that time, like 89, 90. And, this, and I just thought it was a funny song. It would be on that you know, MTV video. And, and um, it brought back memories, good memories of, uh, when I when I worked there and uh, when I heard he passed away, I, I thought it was a cool song and I thought we could open up with it. How, how interesting, you know, you kind of go full cycle, right? Thirty some years ago, you were a social worker with kids. Thirty uh, some years later, you're a social worker for the Bush League. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get paid about the same too. Yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, that song I always liked it. I thought it was cool. It was different. And yeah, he had a little stick going on and um, yeah, I was, I was, I was sad to hear pass away. And I think he was late fifties, you know, it's Oof. sad. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so we're both kind of uh, uh, pessimistically optimistic about our teams. Um, one of the guys we have on here today should not be uh, pessimistic, pessimistic about his team. And that's, Josh, uh, Josh, you with us? I'm here, Raj. How you doing? Doing good. Um, so you're sitting at fourth right now, but you're in a, a solid fourth. I, I mean, the Sewerhawks are 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 pulling away a little bit, but it's it's still early. We I mean, like we got five months of this left. Um, how are you feeling after after four plus weeks uh, and your standings and your team in general? Yeah, yeah you know, I mean. <clears throat> I'm actually, I'm okay. I mean, I'm a little disappointed in some of the guys. I got kind of a weird, weird thing going on. Like offensively as a whole, I'm, I'm pretty solid. And, uh, I got a couple, couple guys who are, you know, playing really well, but then I got a couple guys who are, uh, <laughs> the polar opposite and they've been terrible. And, uh, like terrible, I mean like really freaking terrible. I mean, guys that Keston Hera is really been a disappointment. Um, getting like 150 or something like that. And then, uh, you know, guys like Jock Peterson's under 200. I got like four guys under 200 right now. So, uh, that's hurting me. 
but uh my biggest the biggest concern i guess is my pitching my starting pitching so yeah when i when i look at your offense i, I almost think you're probably right where you ought to be i mean lindor is mm-hmm. only hitting 207 but you guy i mean you got guys like uh will myers is having a really good year uh, hitting homers yeah. stealing bases yeah. winker yeah and i mean yeah yeah i got winker myers are doing really well jack chisholm's been awesome so far um so that's and guys like Lindor. Lindor's not going to hit two hundred no, all year. He's I mean, not. He'll come up. Yeah. Juan Soto's put up some numbers, but I mean he doesn't have a lot of games so far. I mean they they got a delayed start because of the COVID thing, and then he's on the DL or IL now. So I'm really not concerned about my offense as a whole. I think uh, that'll that'll be fine as I go. Yeah, because I mean once you get Soto and 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 Lindor back in a groove, uh, that will help when Carson Kelly stops hitting three forty two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's balancing out my uh, my other catcher Darnell hitting one ninety seven. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, yeah, that's well, funny. Um, yeah, so let, let's talk about your pitching a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, are you concerned with the? Let's just well, deal with the starters. It's kind of weird. I mean, yes and no. If that makes sense. Um, Eflin, I, you know, we we talked about Eflin previous and. Um, He's done kind of what I hoped and thought. And, I mean, they've been talking about Eflin for a couple of years. Rod, you're a Phillies fan. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind of been the hurry up and wait on Eflin thing for a couple of years now. But uh, they uh, once he finally got away from the, the kind of Gabe Kapler, Chris Young philosophy and started pitching to what he was good at, you know, sinker down, sinker down, getting away from the high fastball analytic, whatever they were preaching, he's been really solid over the last year and a half probably. Um not 270 ERA like he is so far this year, solid, but, you know. Um, <clears throat> he's been my – Blake Snell's been okay. He had a clunker two starts ago against the Dodgers. And then uh, other than that, it's been pretty pretty rough going starting pitching-wise. Um, Sonny Gray's only got two starts, so I'm not – I think he'll be okay once he gets a few more games in. But uh, Peterson's been knocked around. Matt Moore has been – like paid 25 cents too much for him so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that yeah that that concerns me my bullpen is pretty much completely carrying my pitching so i mean i got whatever it is 12 13 saves out of jake mcgee and mark melanson so right and and jamie and i are going to bring that up it kind of seems like you hit a home run with those two you paid a dollar 10 for the both of them combined and yeah. you're leading the league in saves yeah, well, Jake McGee, um, he I kind of just – he was still sitting there, you know. So I'm like, ah, well, maybe I'll get lucky. He'll, I didn't really know who else would close on that Giants team. Yeah. So I thought maybe he'll get a couple. Um, remember a couple years ago, the Rockies gave him a big, big contract, and he shit the bear, bit the – whatever, sorry. But uh, he pitched pretty well at the Dodgers last year. Obviously wasn't their closer, but I kind of thought, again, with San Fran, they didn't really have a whole lot of other options. So I might pick up a few here and there. Um, Melanson, I piggybacked with, I, I actually paid more, obviously, for, I paid like a buck 20 or 15 or something like that for uh, Emilio Pagan on San Diego. And I thought he was going to actually be the closer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Melanson, you know, he's been, uh, he's kind of far removed from when he was a, a really good closer. I mean, he was solid with Atlanta last year. But um, I got to pick him just 
figuring, hey, maybe he'll get a couple saves here and there if Pagan doesn't. But, I mean, that San Diego bullpen's got, you know, three or four guys who could be closers. Yeah, they still have Pomerantz, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm just kind of hoping that, I mean, he's been, he's pitched well, obviously, so hopefully that kind of holds, holds true. So, my other question is, before I pass it over to Jamie, is, is your long-term plan to go with the four starters? Um, I don't know that right. That might change. I mean, right now I got a couple guys. The uh, Garty Bradley's hurt, so when he comes back, that that may change. Um, and as far as as far as you talking about picking up anybody or just uh, keeping four starters, yeah, rolling just keeping the four starters in the line. And, yeah, seeing if you can make you know make a deal later on or. Mm-hmm. Um, uh yeah you know I, I didn't whenever bill listened i gotta i gotta get back to him because I mean, we're kind of shooting something but i don't know how big a rush i'm in right now just to trade i mean just just we're all early like you said and uh got a couple guys down the, the problem is that bob kirk's you know <laughs> pretty far in the distance already but um there's quite a bit of time left and i mean the thing that I've kind of picked up on this uh, in this league over the few years I've been in it is you can have some pretty pretty violent friggin' swings in the, uh, the standings pretty oh, quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I don't want to do something. I don't want to give, like, I mean, when I'm looking at my guys, a lot of the guys to trade that have have a lot of value to go get me something are guys that i got to really consider if I want to give up the value over the course of four or five years to get somebody that, you know, if he makes me a little better, that's one thing. If he's not a guy who's going to help me place, you know, that's different. So yeah, because you, you you have two wins out of your starting staff, and two of yeah. them are pitching pretty well. Where you would think mm-hmm. like I should have more than two wins, and Snell and Eflin, Eflin should definitely yeah. have more than two wins because he's pitched he's pitched well every outing. Yeah, he got bullpen the other day. He got the uh, the two thousand. 20 version of the Phillies bullpen hurt him the last uh, last start. So um, I'm putting a lot of a lot of hope or stock or whatever that uh, uh, Sonny Gray, after he kind of gets his feet wet a little bit, gets a couple starts in him. Yeah, yeah. He'll uh, he'll normalize some. I so agree. yeah, yeah. Okay, Jamie, what, what what do you got? Yeah. Hey, Josh. Um, let me just go back for a second in terms of your offense. Um, it, it, it looks really good. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, Lindor is not going to, um, hit 207 all year. Um, I think Keston Hira is starting to pick it up a little bit. Um, yeah, I think although, he had three hits last night or so. Yeah, so he did. He did. And, 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 you know, you and I had trade talks with him in, <laughs> in the off season. Um, um, how, how concerned are you? Um, you, you have Soto on, on, on the IL, and I guess he'll just be the 10 days, but how concerned are you with Jock Peterson? I mean, he's going off to a really slow start. Yeah, you know, with him, it was kind of, I think I, I paid over a buck for him, I, I think. Um, and he's a guy, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I expected, I don't expect him to hit for, you know, 280, 290. I kind of, to me, he's a 220 hitter, most likely. But I kind of expected going to Wrigley, getting to get regular playing time. You know, he popped me 25 homers or so, you know, getting regular playing time out there and such. But he was so bad. And um, that one that one surprised me that he's that bad. Again, I don't expect him to hit 300, but I expect him to hit something, not one 
70 or whatever the hell it is. Okay. <clears throat> okay. And, and and I guess Roger and I, um, well, Roger doesn't apologize, but I do. Um, we <laughs> had kind of questioned um, when we had our, our reserve round podcast, uh, we had questioned your pick of Zach Eflin, and that looks really good thus far. Mm-hmm. Well, that one's kind of funny because uh, last year before all the COVID and COVID hit and we were doing our retention list, I was kicking back and forth with him and Carlos Martinez. And <laughs> kind of, this was last season. And uh, I was still kind of, because that's when <clears throat> two years ago, like the second half of the year pitched pretty well. And that's kind of when, like I was saying to Roger, he ditched that, the high fastball, high fastball, and kind of went back to his low sinker um, way of pitching. And I just wasn't sure yet. And he pitched really well last year. Martinez kind of, you as a Cardinal fan know, kind of continued his little bit of his Jekyll and Hyde thing, and then I think he was <laughs> in the bullpen last year too. So it was kind of I didn't this year I didn't really think about it. I mean I'm I'm glad we you know obviously could flip flop a little bit because uh, other than that my my retention list is the exact same except for it did flip them guys around. But okay. Okay. yeah, he's been pretty awesome. So. And, and the last thing I have uh, in terms of pitching, are you hoping to catch um, lightning in a bottle? I think Bryce Wilson, does, does he start today? He does, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I picked him up the first go-round of Fab, and uh, your pod a couple weeks ago after the first go-round. I know you guys said a whole bunch of guys were picked up. And um, not to backtrack two or three weeks, whatever it was, but uh, I did that because, man, like you said, that, that draft was it was so long that oh. – uh, I think I was the uh, second guy, I believe. And, man, I checked out. It was just – I couldn't sit there. Obviously, I had 16 or 17 uh, double-up picks <laughs> that I had to sure. get yelled at. But, um, so, yeah, so I was kind of just done. I just figured I'll pick up the scraps at Fab. I don't even know. Again, after picking somebody that was already picked however many times that day, I was kind of – I wasn't doing that again, so – I had to pick up guys just to fill out, <clears throat> fill out a bench, really, just in case people got hurt. So, um, yeah, with Wilson, um, he almost made the team out of spring. They didn't need a fifth starter for a while, and then obviously the Braves have had a bunch of guys. I mean, Smiley, I think's back, but they had Max Freed down, Soroka yeah. went down again. So, hopefully, I mean, he's another one of them young guys in the Atlanta system that, I mean. Whatever they all come up in there, at least somewhat decent. You hope so. Okay. Hopefully, I mean it can't be worse than uh can't be worse than my Matt Moore and David Peterson and whoever the hell else I got going. So. <laughs> hey Roger, if you're okay, I want to transition into uh, the Fab review yeah. with with Josh. Yep. Um, you picked up uh, two Phillies last night, <laughs> yeah. uh, Scott Scott Kingery and Nick Matan. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, I seem to uh, be blocking players from the same teams on my uh, my team. I got like three or four Padres. I got, I don't know, like 12 Phillies now or something. And Matan, uh, <laughs> uh, I just picked up. He's hot right now. I don't, he's not known as a guy who's going to, you know, I don't think he's ever hit 300 in the minors or anything like that. But he's hot right now. He's playing a couple of different positions. I've seen something that they got him taking fly balls in the outfield too. So, uh, whatever, it's a flyer on a guy who's who's kind of got lightning right now. And hey, if he can play five, four or five different positions or whatever, that only helps me. Um, 
Scott Kingery is just kind of, he's there. <laughs> and, um, you know, I don't even think he's probably staying up. I think they're probably going to send him back down as soon as Segura comes back. But um, either way, whatever, he was, he cost me a buck. It, At some point, that, that center field position for the Phillies is obviously not settled. So, uh, whatever, if he can straighten himself out a little bit, Maybe I can catch something there. And again, it's more injury stuff. I got Jock Peterson, Juan Soto on the DL or IL right now. I got a couple of pitchers on the IL right now. So it's really just a body that maybe you get lucky with. So Okay. All right. So All right, Raj. So moving forward, what do you think you need to do? Other than exercise some patience, what do you think mm-hmm. you need to do to make a run at this thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, I need my pitching to uh, <laughs> to pick it up. To be honest with you, um, like I said, I'm really confident in my offense, and I think that that I mean, I, I really think that that's got a chance to be better. Obviously, with uh, some of the guys that are hurt, some of the guys that haven't gotten out quick, um, some of the guys that have gotten out quick are probably going to normalize a little bit. But um, think that that's going to be my calling card that in the bullpen as long as my my bullpen guys keep don't get hurt and um you know it doesn't look like san diego is gonna you know be terrible obviously so i should have opportunity to get some wins there or saves anyway out of them guys um really i just need to start getting wins especially out of my starters and um that's probably the main thing if i can get my pitching to come around a little bit I think I'm going to be okay. I do think my offense can actually tick up still. So, Hey, hey Josh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I, I need to see what happens to my team in the next week or two if I'm still in the uh, the mid-50s or if I start to advance. But mm-hmm. um, I, I've got a couple of, of pitchers coming up that um, I think are going to be pretty good. So I, I might have some, some mid-tier pitching um, mm-hmm. that um, in a week or two maybe we can take a look and, and talk trade. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I, and I don't, I mean, I like to get into the season a little bit before I do that anyway. I, mean, I like to get to at least May. I figure we get into May, a couple of weeks into May, and then, uh, and you kind of know where your team's at, you know I mean? Because if you're buried by that point, it's definitely hard to make up that much ground, you know? I mean, I think that was my deal two years ago. I think that first trade I made with you, Roger, was uh, <clears throat> right early part of May, mid-May maybe. And uh, by that point, I mean, again, I was... Hoping to finish ninth, not tenth. So, <laughs> so you know how Casey feels right now. Yeah, well, it was me and him the last time, kind of, you know, <laughs> having a having a pillow fight for last, I guess. So, <laughs> but so uh, yeah, I know where he's at. Okay, uh, excellent. All right. Well, uh, sounds good. And then I guess we uh, was yesterday your birthday. It was. It was. You're thirty nine ish. Thirty nine on the dot. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, did you do anything so, special? No, you know, I, I decided that it'd be a good idea just to, to work my second job for uh, four, <laughs> 14 hours yesterday. So okay. no, today I'm just kind of hanging out, relaxing. All right, good for you. Uh, maybe, so. maybe you'll uh, catch one of your, you know, you got half the Phillies team, so you can catch them at 3 o'clock today. Maybe you have time. I do. I do. I'd like to see uh, the uh, dude-sponsored Phillies do, do pretty well. <laughs> I'm hoping so. And then your uh, your your coworker retires uh, in five days. 
Yeah, that half ass has been out of work for about three weeks now, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't wanna hear I don't wanna hear about no 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 snivel or nothing like that. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well hey, no. thanks for coming on and uh you got good luck it, the rest of the way. We'll have you back on again. Sounds good, guys. I appreciate it. I do. Thanks, Josh. Good luck to you. Yeah, you too, All guys. Right. Bye. Yeah. Okay. Uh he sounds pretty confident. I mean, his only yeah. Con- his main concern is, I don't know if I can catch Bob. I don't know if I can catch the Sewer Hawks, right? Uh, I, I I would agree with that. You know, the Hawks keep making the the, the right moves. They just look strong up and down. Um, as as Joshua was talking about, he's kind of like the inverse of Statman, Bills team. Bills really strong in pitching, so there's there's a natural inclination that the two of them make some sort of trade. But as you're you're pointing out, Raj. Um, Everybody's wondering, is this a trade that's going to help me? Um, and is it a trade just to finish second or third versus, you know, um, in, in first? I mean, there's a long way to go with Bob, but he, he has a team that's kind of built to sustain this. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking about, you know, a player on, hit on the Sewer Hawks team, uh, Corbin Burns, who baseball should be talking about, uh, he has 40 Ks and zero walks. Um, 0.370 ERA and a 0.33 whip <laughs> to start off the season, and he's not even the best pitcher in the National League. <laughs> no, he was hot news for what two days until Degrom pitched right. next. <laughs> right. So Degrom has 50 Ks in his four starts. He's got three walks. He's got a better ERA, uh, and Degrom has actually knocked in more runs than he's given up. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that, but um, man, this 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 guy looks good. Um, I I should have watched more at the start. I think I saw a half inning or something like that. How did you watch the start? Was it was it on MLB TV? Um, it might have been on MLB. TV. I was switching back and forth, uh, and then gotcha. when I saw the, his strikeout count, I kind of locked in there. I, you know, I, I was watching on the because I get living in Lancaster, I get uh, Washington, Baltimore, Comcast. So I was uh, watching it with okay. the Nationals. That's probably it. Yeah. Um, I thought he had a shot at 20. Like, he, I saw the six straight strikeouts, and I felt okay. like the Nats were just waving at stuff. And and um, the, his his 15th K, which I think was his last, um, he struck out Schwarber looking. And Schwarber looked at the umpire complaining. I'm like, come on, man. This guy's around the plate constantly. Even if it's close, yeah. with you, you gotta you gotta throw your bat at it. <laughs> Looking at the umpire, the umpire said, "Dude, shut up!" Like <laughs> he, <laughs> he struck out fifteen of you guys. You're worried about something that may have been a half inch off the plate. Jeez, oh man! But well, in, in, interestingly enough, uh, I was listening to the Mets broadcast team the next day after the ground start, and Keith Hernandez um, had noted that he thought that the ground kind of took his foot off the gas in the eighth or ninth. Eighth and ninth inning, meaning that he wasn't trying to strike people out. He just wanted to get the complete game. And I guess given his luck, um, it was probably wasn't a bad idea because um, Hernandez thought he had the stuff to strike out, uh, you know, uh, possibly 20 people. Is that what you saw? Yeah, I, I thought he was. That, and that's why I locked into the game. Um, yeah, the sixth and seventh inning struck out the side. And then in the eighth and ninth, I didn't pick up on where he was like Hernandez. Hernandez probably pick up on that better than I could, but I felt like 
the Nationals shortened their swing up just to put wood on that baseball. Like, uh, the last out was hit hard, uh, Alonzo got, but the the five outs prior to that were slow rollers. It, it, okay. it looked like they just were just trying to, not even attempting to get a hit, just not strike out. Like, that's what I think they were doing. So, but he, he, he throws that slider in on lefties. Oh, my gosh. That's a nightmare to deal with. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how those lefties hit that slider because he buries that. He buries that in on them. And it must look like a fastball to them. Yeah, he's, you, you, you know, um, when he first came up, he wasn't getting any attention. It was Syndergaard. But, but obviously, after what, is it two Cy Young Awards? Um, you know, possibly uh, a third coming. Um, he, he looks like the well, he is the real deal. Not not even looking like, but he is thirty two years old. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that I I picked him up. I saw him pitch against the Phillies his first outing, and he might he probably had close to double digit strikeouts. And I, I went to the Fab and picked him up right away. But I always felt like, you know how like the pitchers that last long are built big, Scherzer. Verlander, Clemens, even Syndergaard. Yeah. You know? But I always felt like, I don't know if this guy's going to last. That arm is, I don't know if that arm can last that long. He's not that big. You know, he's not Randy Johnson size, but he has. He he, he went through his little troubles where he had some arm issues. But the past three years, he really hasn't. And he, I think he gets better. I think he's better at it now than he was in the past two years. Hmm. Okay. Well, for everybody that's listening, it looks like his next start is scheduled against the Red Sox and Nick Pavetta. Um, so that should be uh, that should be interesting. Um, that's Wednesday. Well, there should be no reason the Mets don't get any runs. <laughs> I've watched Nick Pavetta. I don't even know how he's pitching now that he's with the Red Sox. He's probably pitching pretty well. Um, all right. Then we had Fernando Tatis Jr. hits two homers in the same game against the Dodgers, uh, and his dad, Fernando Tatis Sr., hit two grand slams in the same inning against the Dodgers 22 years prior. Uh, do you remember the, the senior night where he hit the two grand I do. slams? Yeah. I do, because I had Fernando Tatis Sr. on, on my team that year. Man, that's eight ribs in one inning. That's, <laughs> that's a nice inning, right? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, he, he hit the two grand slams in, in one inning, and the interesting thing about – you know, both Tatises, it was both against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it's funny how it, stuff like that happens. Uh, it must have been exciting for both of them to to see that, you know, experience that. Hey, yeah. did, did, you see, did you see last night? Because we were talking about on April 22nd, uh, the anniversary, 22nd anniversary of his dad hitting two grand slams. But Junior also hit two grand, uh, excuse me, hit two more home runs last night. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Did, did you see what he did when? Because uh, he hit one against Bauer, and when he was running out around the bases, he covered one eye. You, oh, do did. you remember that's kind of a callback to spring training when Trevor Bauer, I think he shut one eye to see if he could pitch to Tatis with just one eye yeah, open. Yeah, yeah, good for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it's good. And we were talking a couple weeks ago about, hey, I don't know how long this injury is going to last, his shoulder, yada, yada, yada. Well, apparently he's healed. Um, but it, it, we do have some early 
injuries to big names in the in the first month. Uh, you know, we mentioned Tatis, Acuna, Soto's still on the DL. Yelich is on the DL. Uh, Freed, Bellinger, uh, and both the Martes, and they're big hits to uh, rotisserie teams when you when you got those guys out the first month. Yeah, I think you can probably sustain. When I say you, anybody that has these players, because they're they're all first round, second round, maybe not maybe not freed um, so so much. But um, if it starts heading into a second and third week, um, it becomes concerning. And just to talk about my team for a second, you know, I thought Yelich was going to be back at the end of this week. Um, I, I had him reserved because I thought he was going to be out most of the week. But now they're sending him back to Milwaukee from Chicago to have an MRI on his back. And this is really disconcerting here. And, and, and the other thing is, is I don't know if I'm going to have news by Monday Well, um, so what, what in terms saying? of what I need to do with him, if I reserve him for the rest of the week or, or if I put him up um, well, and activate him. Well, why don't you just activate him on Thursday? Oh, we don't have Excuse me? We, we don't have Oh, we right. We don't have right. Yeah. If we had it twice a week, we could do that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you bad. go. We're, we're going to beat that drum. We're going to continue to beat that drum all season long. <laughs> uh, yeah, and Yelich with his back. And remember remember you asked me why didn't I pick Yelich last year in this, with the second pick, and I said 60-game season, that guy has back injuries. It makes me nervous. Yeah, you Bellinger, did. And he was just as bad. So. Um, hey, do, do you know what, when he sustained that injury? No. Uh, about a week back. That's an old Three Stooges joke, yeah, by we'll, the way. We'll be here all night. We'll be here all week. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Um, okay. So uh, the other thing we had talked about, you had mentioned um, before I get into the, to this, the junior circuit, uh, Javi Baez, has he kind of lost his swagger, his thing, his who he is? Um, he hasn't lost his swagger. Uh, <laughs> okay. I guess I worry more about that. Has he lost his his talent? Um, you know, as we'll talk about here, um, as of earlier this week, um, he had a 34 to one strikeout to walk ratio in 68 at bats. So he was he was striking out in terms of at bats over 50 percent, well, 50 percent of the time. And his his expected woba was 30 seconds amongst amongst shortstops. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, well. Uh, coupled with last year where he hit 203 and under a 600 OPS, um, last year, last year in 60, 59 games, he struck out 75 times. And yeah. this year it's 19 games, he struck out 35 times. And I get the whole launch angle, don't worry about the strikeouts, put the ball out of the park. But when you're doing strike, when you're striking out and not putting the ball out of the park, then what the hell am I having for? Right. Yeah, this is this is not that you ever want this, but he's heading into a free agent year too in 2022, and this might make the Cubs' decision a little bit easier. Yeah, I th- I think it will be. I mean, he hit he was second in the MVP voting in 2018, um, had a decent 19 season, um, and 20 was bad with 203 average, and then he's hitting 233 now. But I think the bigger concern is how many times he's striking out. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be concerned. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? I watched him in the game. He's kind of uh, he hit a pop out to center field. I forget who they were playing. Might have been against the Brewers, and he w- he was just jogging down the line, 
and the, the ball fell in, and then they almost threw him out at first base because he wasn't paying attention. I, I just wonder if something else is going on here. Yeah, that might have been frustration. You know what I mean? Thinking yeah. I just hit a lazy fly ball and what the hell. Um, yeah. And then we got the uh, Nats fans redemption catch video. I saw this. Did you see it? Yeah, so that was against – I saw it live. It was against the Cardinals. And let, let me kind of take everybody through if they haven't seen it. It's a great video. Um, in the first or second inning, Cardinals hit a home run out to center field. And this kid had brought his glove, and it, it, it was hit right to him. It bounced off his glove, fell into the bullpen. And it was hilarious because he was mad. He threw his glove. He tossed his glove. He tossed his hat. And the Cardinals broadcasters, um, particularly Jib Edmonds, um, was, was laughing at that. And um, Cardinals lead broadcaster Dan McLaughlin said, well, you know, you don't get very many chances at catching a, 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 fly, you know, a, a home run ball, so it's a shame for this fan. Fifth, fast forward to the fifth inning, and Justin Williams hits one almost the exact same spot, and this kid catches it this time. And the Cardinal broadcasters just had a field day with that. They were loving it. Um, it was pretty funny. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I saw it, and I'll talk more about it when we walk off. But uh, not a okay. fan, not a fan of people bringing gloves to a game. Uh, all right, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll talk about that in the walk off. Uh, th- then we're a little early update on our Pirates Tigers thing. Um, <laughs> so the Buckos are nine and eleven. Nine and eleven this season. I think they got rained out yesterday. They were in Minnesota. I I, I didn't see a score. Um, <clears throat> they're actually eight and five since the first week. They they were one and six the first week of the season, so they're playing well. But we we talked off air. I don't know how they can sustain this. They have two decent pitchers with Brubes, Brubaker being the best one, and it falls off pretty quickly. That three, four, and five guy. Um, yeah, I I I haven't been following the Tigers. Um, are they just as bad? Uh, they're worse, and that's how you sustain. That's how the Pirates sustain it. Is just continue to play the, the Tigers. I, I think thus far in our bet, I think the Tigers actually have the worst record in Major League Baseball. Do they? Yeah. Um, and and maybe maybe they're maybe the Pirates are overperforming a little bit. Yeah, maybe that's. Um, maybe I, that's I, I, I I think that's I think that's probably the case. As as you get into this long season, your weaknesses tend to get exposed. But, um, you know, good, good for the Pirates for at least keeping it, uh, you know, like we said, you don't want to fall out of it early. You want to keep some momentum, if you will. Yeah, uh, they, they must have won yesterday because they're 10 and 11. They're one game under 500. And the Tigers are 7 and 14. Oh, boy. That's bad. Um, and it's just going to get worse. And then uh, another note you put in there, which I thought was kind of interesting, too, the division leaders in the junior circuit – are the Red Sox, the Royals, and it lo- the A's just just uh, overtook the Mariners, but the Mariners are 13-8. and eight. Um, I think the Mariners and the Royals have a pretty good uh, young core, which is going to allow them to win some games at times. Um, I'm not sure what the Red Sox have, but, I mean, Kansas City, it, I, they, they have a pretty good young team. Uh, they do. I don't know. They're, they're built more for the future. They have some, yeah. some good young arms um, yeah. coming up. I, I don't know if they can hold off the Twins and the White Sox, who have gotten off to really slow starts. But I think in a couple of years, the um, the Royals are going to be good again. 
Yeah, and I think that Kansas City, don't look for them to trade their superstars because I think they're young enough and they're going to hold them. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Kansas City used to be a team where, hey, look at the best Kansas City player and he's probably going to get traded. <laughs> but the, I, I, I don't think – I, I think they're in the same boat as they were when Moustakas and uh, uh, Lorenzo Cain and Hosmer were coming up. Um, I, I, I think they have that type of uh, core right now. The same with the Mariners. I, I think the only guy from the Mariners that may be traded is Kyle Seeger. Or is it Kyle Seeger? Yeah. He's, he's old. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody else, they're, they're going to be sticking. Um I think that's a good comparison with the Royals. I think they have, um, like you said, this is, you know, the, the pre-days before Moustakas and Hosmer. And, um, yeah, yeah they, they, they've got some talent on the way. Yeah, they do. Good, good, for, Mike, good for Mike Matheny. Yeah, let's see if he can take them to a series and, and or at least, you know, be competitive. I, I think they'll be competitive uh, as, long as, they, as long as they can, um, you know, that pitching pans out. That's what it comes down to. Usually the hitters pan out, but – Sometimes the pitchers don't. And when they were good, they had that bullpen. I mean, their starters only had to go six innings. Then they ran out, you know, three or four guys that threw 98-plus. I mean, they just wear you out out of the bullpen. Um, well, one thing that's still similar is they still have Greg Holland. Uh, I know he made his they? travels, but he was he was back in the, the day, and he's still their closer, um, although he's gone through a couple different stops. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Holland, yeah, he was their big guy. Um Okay, so let's, uh, you know, we the standings really haven't changed much. I mean, uh, the, the, other than the, the four that I pointed out earlier in the season, I mean, we fluctuate a little bit. The Lakers, the Bulls, the Roosters, and the Auditors, uh, all within, uh, looks like a point and a half with each other. Uh, you got the Bearcats and the Ducks. They're, they're going to be down there for a while unless something happens. Um, and then the Statman, the Rebel Alliance, and the Dudes, on the, uh, you know, two, three, and four, I think they're just playing for second. Um, I, I, I would tend to agree with that. Um, once again, the Sewer Hawks look, look really good. And, you know, I think that even for the week, um, they're, they're continuing to add to their lead. Um, they have the most points. You know, this is through Saturday. They have the most points. Um, for the period, period four, and they had 39 batting points and 37 and a half pitching points. So there's that balance again. Um, I'm really struggling to see uh, a weakness in, in this team. Yeah, they, I, I, I think maybe the only teams, and they'd have to make a move, right? You have to make a move is I think Bill's pitching, he has enough depth where he can make a move for offensive player. Um I mean, his pitching is really strong. Uh, and I, I'm looking at the Rebel Alliance, which they're pretty consistent uh, offensively. It's, you know, um, I'm not sure he has enough to – maybe he has enough to make a move. I mean, Arietta's pitching out of his brain um, right now. And his, his pitching is pretty solid too. Um, I don't know. He, he needs to get some more saves, but he had a nice pickup with uh, – you know, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Yeah. So, the, you know, the, I guess the problem is that strong pitching, but I, I don't know if this offense can hang enough um, to be in a position where you can make a make a trade in order to overtake Bob. Uh, it, it, what are your thoughts when I say that? 
Um, well, I, here's you ready for this? Here's the key to Sam's season, the Rebel Lions season, is his shortstop. He has three shortstops, <laughs> yeah. uh, Javi Baez, yep. Paul DeYoung, yep. and Corey Seager, none of, of whom are really playing to their potential um, yet. So I, I think if those three can get, get hot uh, offensively, I think he would make a he can make it run. And how great would it be to be in the Kirk uh, household over the summer if the two of them were battling each other? That would be great. Yeah, and I know again it's still early, but he's within uh, Sam's within striking distance of Bob in homers, and he's in striking distance with uh, OPS, and they're 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 basically one two, um, uh, you know, and he's in striking distance in RBIs, so. If he can make a move to overcome that later in the season, that's a that's a six point swing, and it, it puts him there. So, um, yeah, uh, you know we'll, we'll we'll see as we as we move along. But yeah, it, it, Bob's team needs something, something bad needs to happen. I think I don't I don't like people so saying it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what yeah. I mean. I, I don't I don't mean yeah. it like that. But yeah, something unusual would need to happen for him to. Uh, to make a move. Uh, pretty busy week in Fab, or last night? Once again, I'm surprised. You know, another 16 players um, moving, um, acquired by, by eight owners. And the Bearcats, the Bearcats acquire five um, yesterday. Yeah, I, I saw that. And um, he had a couple relievers that went on the DL for what's going to be a couple months. Um yeah, he he, well, he picked up your guy Jose De Leon, um, because you you had you had kicked around him and then selected Hoffman, which which was a good move. Uh, another Philly, he picked up a Philly in Roman Quinn, um, and then uh, little second baseman for the Reds. Um, the Hawks picked up three players too. Yeah, the Hawks are are solidifying their team. Just going back to the Bearcats for a second. They got five acquisitions in for six dollars. So you know he's going the the, the budget route. Um, the Hawks pick up um, three players. I, I don't even know who. I don't even know who Jason Volsler is. Do you know him? Uh, no, but maybe that's why we're not in first place right now. Well, that's we probably could be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then. Um... The other, the Ducks picked up two. He picked up the two players for Atlanta. Uh, I got outbid on both of those guys. Uh, we talked about. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say that those two, Adriadza uh, and uh, Heredia, um, I thought were probably the two best in the uh, in in Fab. I did put bids on, but um, you know, Case, God bless him, is trying to do everything he can to to battle his way out of uh, out of last place um, and put some big bids in. Um, it's just going to be a long season for him. Yeah, and then uh, the Bulls, the Roosters, the Auditors, and Statman each pick up a one player. Um, who, who did you pick up last night? Um, I took a flyer on Luke Rayleigh, yeah. uh, the outfielder for the uh, for the Dodgers with the Dodger injuries, and just hoping to catch a little bit of lightning in a bottle. But I don't see him sticking around on the roster for a long time. In fact, I may not even bring him up. It depends upon what happens with um, Christian Yelich. Yeah, I picked up uh, one of those Dodger guys, too, Sheldon Newis. Uh, yeah. Noisy. Noisy? Whatever. Noisy, yep. Um, yeah, I picked him up, dropped Logan Webb. 
the Dodgers seem to have guys that come up and play and are productive. And you're not sure how long they're going to be there. I think McKinstry is on the – I don't know if they put him on the DL. They yeah, I think he is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they got Chris Taylor out. They still got Bellinger out. So all these guys are getting at bats, and they seem to be playing productively. Did you give up on the Logan Webb uh, experiment? Well, um, yeah. He, he wasn't really pitching well, and he went back in the bullpen, and then he came out of the bullpen to start again. Uh, it, yeah, yeah. I, I really didn't want to drop him, but I had I had those two other bids in for the, the Brave guys, and I and I thought, well, if I, I don't know. He, he, he's not pitching well, and and I don't think they trust him enough to give him a, a long leash. You know what I mean? To let yeah. him pitch in the big leagues to work it out. Without going into too much detail, I'm looking at a couple players that were dropped as part of Fab that I think will be resurfacing within the next week or two. And I actually like Logan Webb. I mean, I'm you know, I I, I just I felt like I didn't need pitching as much. I need someone to play. So okay, that's fair. Um, and then the Statman, the Statman. This is the second time this has happened to me this year. So they pick up Michael Lorenzen who is going to be out, it says, until at least June 1st. And I, I had him. I, I'm not had him. I, I had him earmarked, thinking, all right, as I get closer to that June 1st, I think I'm going to go get him. But, yeah, Bill went out and got him a little earlier than I thought people would. Um, and the same thing happened with Seth Lugo. I think Bob Kirk picked him up last week or the week before, and I was thinking, like, all right, I, I got a couple weeks on this. I'm not going to you know, use up a roster spot for another guy that I know is going to be out for another four to six weeks. But um, I think Lorenzen was a good pickup for him. Um, I, 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 I would say not, and, and okay. I'll tell you why. Um, n- number one is, is that he's not going to be available till June yeah. or July unless, he's, unless Bill was looking for, um, to, to trade some of his other starters. His strength lies in starting pitching. And pitching in general, so in, unless he's trying to fortify and possibly replace um, somebody on his active roster in a trade and then use Lorenzen for that, I can see it. But um, if you look at his, his, his reserve team, uh, yeah. he, he, he doesn't really have much. If, if an offensive player goes down, he he's, he's, could, could really sink himself. Yeah, I, I thought of it, uh, what you said initially, was he's, he's going to stash Lorenzen. He's got some time. And when he deals a pitcher, he's he's going to use him as a replacement. Um, but I, that's what I'm saying. I, I thought it would be a little. I thought we had a couple weeks left before before he would be, you know. Um, so I, I, I'm going to make a prediction here that uh, I'm assuming that the statmen are going to be trading a lot of pitching. Because look, look look at his reserves. He has four. He has eight um, eight pitchers on his reserve roster. And he has one offensive player, so to, to me that kind of screams that he's he's looking to make a deal. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think he would have to, right? I, I think he has to make a deal. Yeah, if if you want to stay stay in this thing, I, I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. I don't know of anything other than Josh saying that he's talked to to uh, to Bill um, regarding trades, but I, I think that's what's what's in the offing because. You know he has uh, Gavin Lux on the on the IL with with no replacements. Yeah, it looks like Lux is 
scheduled to come off tomorrow. So maybe he's thinking, all right, I don't have to worry about that this week because I'll Well, and that, that hurts that hurts you with your young Sheldon pickup. Yeah. But I mean Lux hasn't been playing that well anyway. So, you know, I, I the one thing about Roberts, he's gonna play who's who's playing well. I mean, they have their core, but after that, you know, a lot of those Dodgers get a lot of at-bats. Look at Chris Taylor. Sure. Chris Taylor doesn't have that position. That guy gets 400 at-bats a year. Yep, yeah. I agree. So, um, yeah, so it was another active night. Um, and I think the most spent was uh, the Ducks spent 20 bucks for two players-ish. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and the Ducks also sent out a text this week saying, hey, he's open for business for his one or two of his big players. Yeah, that was kind of funny, right? Um, we we got a, everybody got a text from from Casey on Friday, uh, right around noontime, and said that uh, potentially looking to trade either Mookie or um, Freddie Freeman. Let me know if anybody's interested. And you know, of course, Rick chimed in right away about let's talk, and he actually listed uh, the players that that he would um, he would be offering. Um, I texted Casey separately and. Not, not part of this thread, and then you you try to pull the uh, the family um, card and say, "Case, don't trade to them. Trade, uh, don't trade with anybody but me. Love, Dad." <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Sometimes you need um, that emotional tug to make the sale. <laughs> <laughs> and and then of course you know Bob Kirk uh, chimes in and says. Uh, careful, Casey, you're dancing with the devil. Um, talking about, I, I'm not sure who he's talking about. It's probably just the, the league in general. Yeah, um, that, that was yeah. funny. Um, and and uh, I did offer him something. I put something out there, and, and he laughed, and he said, yeah, he said, I, I'm not really, he said, I would need a little bit more, but he said, you're the best one by far. <laughs> so I think he was getting, like, crazy, crazy, uh, um, offers that that so you know and that's what happens sometimes you know um i offered him, yeah i offered him two full-time players plus okay plus my a couple guys in my um my oyster Reserve, right yeah my oyster yeah i mean realm. You, yeah you, you you picked up a couple players just for for that purpose yeah. in the reserve round of of the draft um i like though you referred to the league as a pack of hyenas <laughs> Pack of hyenas, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then uh, you, you got another, because we had an issue with CBS again at the beginning of le- this week uh, on the mobile app. Uh, you, you got a response from them after you fired off a message? Yeah, so let, let me just backtrack for a second. I, I'm, still, I'm still upset that they can't add OPS. To the player page. I mean, it's it's a simple calculation, and they still haven't done it. And I might shoot them another email just because uh, I'm a grumpy old guy and I have time. But um, <clears throat> earlier this week, we, we had problems again with the mobile app being different from what you see on the laptop. And it was, I guess, just using the period stats as opposed to year-to-date stats. So I asked them, were they aware of this issue and what's happening? And they said that, you know, thank you for contacting CBS Sports. They're aware of the issue. Um, thanks for your patience. If you have any additional questions, reply to this message. 
and it was signed by Commissioner Chris. And I, I you know, knowing that they signed everything Commissioner, um, I got a little bit snarky. And when I sent the email, I signed it um, Commissioner Jamie. But I think you had a um, you had a problem with that, didn't you? I did. You need to ask permission from me to use that okay. title, so, which I'm giving sorry. to you now. You have okay, you know, yeah, but no one else, just you. Like, I don't, okay, I don't want to so, go in rogue. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, they're not going to do anything. No. Nope. Uh, yeah, that's a government answer right there. <laughs> we're aware of the problem and we're working on it. It's between the government and Comcast. That's that's the answer they give you. <laughs> oh, don't 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 get me started on Comcast, please. Yeah, the evil empire. That's what I refer to Oof. as. Um, yes. Okay, uh, we got Twib Notes this week brought to you by Schaefer. The Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. All right, so you're going to be surprised when I say this. Uh, I'm drinking a Trogues Perpetual IPA. Yes. Not strong enough for me. Doesn't have enough bite. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Doesn't have enough bite for me. It's good. Don't get me wrong. You know, but um, yeah, I, it doesn't have enough bite. And how many, uh, all right. th- that's surprising for me to say that, isn't it? It, it really is. Um, I, you, you, we were so close to, to Trogues um, that, that they're actually located in, in Hershey. Um, but I, I like a lot of their stuff. Um, their, their owners, um, at least one of the owners, went to LaSalle. So I, I have a little bit of fondness for, for, for their beer there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by, by you. Um, it sounds like your your tastes continue to to change. Um, I'm looking at um, their perpetual IPA right now. Um, let's see, it's got a 91 91 ranking. Um, I didn't get the the IBUs on on this beer, but um, huh? Okay, so you're moving on from perpetual IPA by Trogues. Uh, yeah, it's average. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's average, uh, but it's not bad. It's just it's just average, and I think it's funny when I when I I've been drinking it uh, during our show here. I, that that's what it stuck in my head. It doesn't have enough bite. Doesn't have enough. Well, bite. you know, you got to be careful. It's a seven and a half percent ABV. That's as as we've talked about. That's entering the Johnny Cueto range. <laughs> well, I've only drunk half of it, so I think I'm not there yet. I haven't crossed that line. Uh, Okay. Yeah, but if I start repeating myself, just yell Johnny Cueto. And we don't have a Johnny Cueto update this week. Did he? Did he not? Pitch? No, he's he's on the well, shelf? he's still on the IL. Okay. All right. Yeah, he's still on the IL. Um, hey, just just as a quick side note, um, I haven't really had much beer um, since we had our draft. And yesterday, um, I had a longboard golden ale by uh, Kona Brewing. And why I mention that is I am going to um, visit Kona Brewing when I am in Hawaii the end of August. Okay. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, yeah. The, the beer is just okay. It's not great. But yeah. I think it's just more the thought of being in Hawaii. Yeah, that's better, being in Hawaii. Um, all right. So today in baseball history, uh, 1978, the Philly Fanatic makes his debut arriving from the Galapagos Islands. Um <laughs> That, that's the backstory to the Philly fanatic. Uh, though one of the longest tenured mascots, he actually may be the longest tenured mascot right now. Um, uh, I don't think he's the most famous. 
I think the San Diego San Diego Chicken and the Pirate Parrot are probably the most famous mascots. Wait, wait. I under, I understand. Hang on a second here. I understand why uh, the, the San Diego Chicken, right? They were one of the first um, to, uh, to to have a mascot. But I'm not sure about the, the Pirates mascot. Why, why are they famous? Did, did Stan make them famous? <laughs> no, I hope not. Um, no, he was the uh, drug mule in the baseball drug charges in the 80s. All the players were getting the cocaine off the parrot. Oh, right. You mentioned this in a previous podcast. My bad. Yep. My bad. Yeah, so he's the most famous. So all that drug trial, Hernandez, Parker, Reigns, right? All the, uh, Milner. Yeah, they, they, all, they got their drugs from uh, the pirate, the pirate parrot. There you go. Okay. Uh, wow. Oh. 1986, Craig Lefferts. Remember Craig Lefferts? I do. I remember him being a statman. Yeah. Uh, Craig Lefferts, Padres left-handed relief pitcher, gives up the lead in the 12th against the Giants, but hits a two-run homer to walk off. No pitcher <laughs> has done that since. How bad is it when you got your relief pitcher pitching, hitting with guys on? <laughs> well, here's the thing. If, if, um, if, if Craig Lefferts can make it one more year, he'll probably hold this record into perpetuity because I think the NL is going to uh, – to a DH at the end of this year. So Craig Lefferts is, you know, what, five months away from holding this record forever. Forever. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then 2001, Ricky Henderson was 42 years old, broke Babe Ruth's walk record at 2063. And Ruth set that in 1935. That was a long time that record set. Uh, Henderson wow. ended his career with 2,190 walks. And Bonds is the all-time leader, Barry Bonds, with 2,000. Yeah, how many? 2,558. Wow. Wow. So he had like about 20, 20% more yeah. than Henderson. Yeah. That's amazing, man. It is. It is. Hey, do you think that Ricky Henderson was the greatest leadoff hitter of all time? Um, my initial is yes, and I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain. But okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, Ricky Henderson. All right. You think, yeah. you think about that while we move into the uh, walk-off. All right, uh, what are you walking off with? Um, I'm walking off with the fact that I'm just loving um, MLB TV. Now, let's distinguish MLB TV from the MLB channel, which shows an occasional game um, on, on cable network. But MLB TV, the reason why I've been subscribing since I think it was like 2012 for the last nine or ten years is to get Cardinals games. But um, their user experience is so good. I can watch on my desktop. I can watch four games at, at once. And being in three different leagues, um, I can watch some American League games. And it, they're just so good because beyond just um, the games themselves, you can pick which broadcast you want to hear. So I hear a lot of different – I try and listen to all, all the different announcing teams. There's some I like more than, than others. But they also have um, in-game stats in there, and it's just it's just a great experience. I, I wish that Comcast would have the MLB TV app, so I wouldn't have to use Roku to switch back and forth. But small price to pay. Yeah, uh, I'm not familiar with the with the MLB TV. Um, maybe I should be. Well, you you well you you really don't need to, right? Because you get the in-market games 
I do. for the yeah. Phillies. Yeah. And, and living where you do, you also get um, – um, I, I think you said you get the um, – the Nationals and the Orioles, right? I do. Yeah, so I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So between that and some of the the highlights on MLB um, on, on the cable station, you're 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 probably fine. But it's just they they've done a lot of things right. They, baseball's advanced media um, department is is really really good. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, you're right. I, I I probably don't need it because I I get I get the and I actually get root. Root TV, which is out of Pittsburgh, so I'll see the Pirates as well. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, look at you, yeah. living in the the Holy Grail of uh, of uh, baseball channels. Yeah, where the Phillies are the best team and they're one game under five hundred. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think all you have to do is just be a game over five hundred, and you'd be in first place in the NL uh, NLE. You correct? Would. Yes, you would. You'd have a strong hold on that division. Yeah. Um, I'm walking off with adults bringing baseball gloves to MLB games. And I saw that that uh, Nationals video, and I'm not sure right. how old that kid was. How old was the kid? Um, I'm going to guess he was probably in his mid-teens, is my guess. Yeah, okay. So that the, the, I think the cutoff should be 10. Like, you, you're there... You're there to watch the game. I understand you're you're out in center field or, or along the line. Catch the ball with your hand. If you can't catch the ball with your hand, the duck. Do not bring a baseball glove if you're an adult. And there was a guy next to that kid with with a glove. And I I think that's a huge foul. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to politely disagree with you. That's like saying, you know, don't wear don't wear a jersey or don't wear a a, a, a ball cap. To, to the game. I mean, it's, it's part of the experience. And, and, and look where they were sitting, right? They were sitting out in, in center field. And I, I'm sure you've gone to games early enough that you've been at batting practice, right? Yeah. Um, those, those, those balls, even 400 feet away, come in hot. And due to social distancing, I'll bet you those guys could probably clean up in terms of if they were there early for batting practice, um, the number of foul, uh, the number of five balls that they could catch out there. Um, I think it's part of the fan experience. I, I think it's a part of the fan experience to catch a foul ball, catch a home run. But if you're over the age of 10 or 11, don't bring a glove. Catch the ball with your hand um, and let it go. I, 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 I have to admit I have to admit that I've never brought uh, a glove to the game. Um, and I, I, so far in my life, I've gotten two foul balls. I think you've gotten one because you yeah. were at a game that I was at yeah. that you've gotten one, right? Yeah. At the old vet? Yeah, and – yeah, that's right. And I didn't catch it. It it actually hit the seat where Bob Kirk was in. He ducked. <laughs> that's how he got the ball. <laughs> now, now part of it is part of it is you probably should have brought a glove because then it could have sat in there. Because I remember you fumbling it and and actually dropping it during the game and have to get somebody to help you get the ball because you dropped yeah. it a couple rows in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't look like a ding dong with a glove in my hand. Oh, well, you can't do that. <laughs> Well, you had an unforced error there. If you uh, had the glove, it would stayed in there. I think maybe someone's trying to take it from me. And I, yeah, <laughs> that's not how I remember it. But uh, <laughs> people text me what you remember. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. Yeah, it fell out of my hand. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, that, that's what I think about adults bringing baseball gloves to major league games or any game to be uh, that matter. Uh, getting back to oh. your question, Ricky Henderson. Yeah, he's. He's the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. Okay. 
I can't well, I was interested to hear if it was anybody different that you, that you thought of, but I don't think anybody comes close for his combination of power and speed. No, but if if I'm just thinking of coolness, right? A coolness like Ricky Henderson was pretty cool, but he was. Yeah, I I would I would go with Mickey Rivers. <laughs> like I think that dude was cool, man. <laughs> Mix the quick and Omar Moreno. I, I think those two guys. Uh, when I was twelve, if I could be anyone, it would have been, probably been Mickey Rivers or Omar Moreno or Bates. Well, one of the well, one of let, the three. Let, let, let's let's be honest here. That in terms of batting order and coolness, um, leadoff is probably just behind the cleanup hitter um, in in terms of the old lineup construction. Um, yeah. Leadoff hitters by nature are, are are pretty cool cats, aren't they? I, I would think so. Yeah. Were you a leadoff hitter? Uh, in high school? Not in high school. In junior college, I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, in high school, I hit lower in the lineup. Yep. Okay. Um, were you? Were you a leadoff hitter? I was. I, I was. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, you know, it, this was the days before really analyzing, and people wouldn't ask me a whole lot of what people were throwing because it was more – um, back in those days, more of a grip it and rip it type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I I, en- I enjoyed it from the standpoint of nobody was clogging up the bases for me. Uh, should I get on? And um, I get more at bats than anybody, so that's why I liked it. Yeah, I remember my first game leading off. Um, I I walked to the I walked to the batter's box and I walked in front of the the plate, and the guy I played for. Uh, in, uh, later on in the game, before my next at bat, told me never do that ever again. <laughs> he said, "Walk behind the umpire. Don't ever walk in front of him." And I did. I, From I, then on, I never walked in front. There you of him. go. I walked behind him. I, I want to say that I think believe that uh, Bill was a leadoff header too back in the day. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right. Um, so next week we are on as usual, right? Yeah, we're going to be on a little bit later. We're going to try and do um, an afternoon podcast. So we're going to try and have the Lakers on because that's a better time for him. So we're going to try and get uh, get Rick on and uh, get his uh, opinion of his team. He's caught in the uh, in the middle right now, um, just like you and I. And we want to see what the, what he has going on. Yeah, because we don't want to disrupt his golf game. Yeah, you know, retirement has been, quote, retirement, right, has been very busy for him. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll work around his schedule. This, yeah. this time and this time only. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, okay, you got anything else, champ? Nope. Uh, Chief, just stay safe, and good luck to you in your uh, rapid descent. <laughs> yeah, everybody buckle in. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you. All right, have a good day.